We're, we're so on time, we should be in a band, you guys. That's awesome. So, did you just wake up, Peter? Uh, you kind of have that vibe, like you just got out of bed. and That's my general demeanor. Oh, okay, that's just you, regular. Got it. So, thanks for letting me uh, crash this party, guys. Thanks no. for joining us, Sandman. Pleasure to have you. I really enjoy your show yeah. week after week. I'm glad someone does. It's it's one of the shows I have a realistic chance of getting on, so I figured why not. <laughs> well, I'm glad to have you here. I think we maybe we should just go ahead and get this thing started. Um, welcome, Mouthy Broadcast, everybody. That's less less build up than we usually do. We didn't we didn't have to fluff much this time. <laughs> We're just ready to yeah, go. Yeah, I came pre fluffed. I'm ready to go. <laughs> <laughs> so welcome to Matthew Broadcast. I'm Jenny. I'm Lauren. I'm Peter. And I'm crashing the party. It's the Sandman. Welcome, Sandman. Sandman of thank the you. Dead Bedouins podcast. If you haven't listened, thank you, thank you. you should check it out before they're gone forever. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows when that's going to happen. <laughs> Are you just like dragging out the, the ending of the show? It's just, you know, we've just given up on like coordinating. So I'm, I'm just going to wait till they get in touch with me and everybody's on the same page. So it's right. just impossible now. It's like the they podcast have, like, version of Dexter at this point. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> except they, except they are good till the end. You know? <laughs> well, we don't know yet. We don't know yet. They could have another season come out that just you That's know totally true. shits the bed. We don't. Yeah, I mean, Sandman's going to be a, gonna lumberjack. Be a fucking lumberjack in <laughs> Wyoming or something. Shabby <laughs> like, commercial. Uh, Max's kid is going to like go live in Argentina and. <laughs> oh, no, it's Vinny's kid. I'm there. sorry, I got confused with who's having the kid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Vinny's life has just changed. It's just he's not the same Vinny anymore. I don't know if you guys heard on the last episode. <laughs> I haven't been able to listen to the most recent episode yet. When so when was the most recent? It was like a month ago, wasn't it? Or was there Yeah, it was about a month okay, ago. Okay, I yeah. did hear it. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, uh, Lauren, I'm glad to see you're back on Tinder. Uh, yes, I I am on Tinder. Um I thought I found you. You may have. I don't think it's you. It doesn't. Um, your face is still disguised for the listeners okay. who can't see you. So I can't yeah. see your full face. But um, right. That's why I kept these on, because right. otherwise one of you would recognize me as a past <laughs> sexual romp. And, uh, you know, it's Peter. Isn't so it? it's I, Peter. <laughs> yeah. There was a guy who popped up on my feed who or not feed, but in my uh, in my matches who claimed to be a DC-based pop uh, podcaster, hmm. um, and he's Middle Eastern of uh. of some kind, and I was like, "Oh my god, I hope it's Sandman." <laughs> but he never mess. We matched, but he never messaged me back. And okay. my only message to him just said, um, "See, look here's look at this great picture of him in a suit with the." Um, the Washington Monument in the background. Yeah, I look good, don't I? <laughs> <laughs> and I, all I asked him was, I podcast too. What's yours called? And he didn't respond. 
I'm sorry. That sounded like such a middle school. Reason. It really was. It really was because I was just so excited. I was like, what if this is Sandman? <laughs> I have Miss Peterson in fourth grade, too. Maybe we can see each other there. Do you like me? Check the box. Yes or no? That's kind of what Tinder That's is like, though, actually. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Pretty much. I don't know. So, uh, so I'm I'm not enjoying Tinder. Um, I'll try to write a blog about it, but we know how. Whenever I say I'm going to write a blog about something, what happens? Um, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> unless it's dry. unless it's a group collaborative effort, I'm not doing it. Like, <laughs> no sandwiches are involved. <laughs> yeah, if sandwiches are involved, but even then, I mean, like when I ate the mac and Cheetos and swore I was going to do a blog, I didn't do. I still could. If it's relevant at all, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. The, yeah, I think that ship has passed. But um, <laughs> but I haven't gotten any like with the with the exception of that first day when I joined Tinder and was swiping right on everybody because of this show. Um, I haven't gotten too many matches that were that like it wasn't people looking just for hookups or you know just being douche bras or whatever um but i have trouble like looking at pictures and deciding in 30 seconds if i like the person or not it's like oh am i making the right decision so basically i'm just saying no to everybody um but most people aren't like sending me messages that's like hey sup you're hot um check out my dick probably because my profile picture is me eating a crunch wrap <laughs> I so was kind of right on that. I've kind of you know I'm weeding out the that crowd. Um, but the other thing is you know so a lot of people send me a message and they're like, "LOL, is that a crown trap?" And I'm like, "Yes, it is," and it was delicious. And that's how the conversations will start. But I'm still not really meeting anybody. I don't, it's just not for me. I'm not digging the format. Um, yeah, you know, but. Yeah, it's kind of weird. The thing about um, Tinder, um, you know, once you've uh, you've gotten to that point, and I think everybody gets excited and starts swiping right when they first get on, <laughs> and then um, you notice it's not a good strategy. <laughs> Even though for guys, they say you know it's a numbers game, so just swipe right and then see who you right. know, who bites. But um, yeah, a lot of uh, there's a lot of spam, and I guess it's a lot of uh, girls on there. Because I've gone to the point, too, now where I don't swipe. Um, I swipe right maybe once every 20 people, right? And then the ones that I do match on, I get really excited. And I'll get a message from them usually at an odd hour of the day. And it'll be like, hey, um, follow me on this website, and I'll show you more of me if you know what I mean. <laughs> it's like, yeah, I, I kind of get what you're saying. It's it's pretty heavily laid on. <laughs> but, like, no, you know, they're no just idea. bots. <laughs> so it's it's really depressing. And then once you swiped uh, left on like a hundred people in a row, you start to think about yourself and what a terrible person you are right. for rejecting these hundred right. people. And so it makes you feel depressed because you're like, who the hell do I think I am? And I keep that getting I that no to two hundred people in a row, like I'm some king on a freaking throne. And I keep getting that screen that just shows my face and like the ring going out, and it says there are no more people for you to look at. <laughs> I've rejected everyone, and everyone has rejected me. Oh, man. <laughs> That's the, other, the end. <laughs> the other day, I was just swiping right on everybody, just, you know, for fun. And I got a match with somebody, and she sends me a message. She's like, hey there. 
So I went back and I read her profile and I was like, I should not have swiped right on this woman because <laughs> it was all like, I love to smoke weed all day, every day, blah, blah, blah. Uh, What's the problem now? <laughs> I mean, you could hang out with her and listen to The Chronic, you know, I mean, right? maybe she's a follower of Dreology. Uh, no, she was like all like gothed out and like... She's gothed like, out and weed smoking? Ooh. But like fancy, like reminds me of high school. <laughs> but this was what's a, your age range there, Peter? <laughs> this woman was like thirty eight or something. So I was really, like, hmm. oh I was my like, god, you're a little old to be all gothed and yeah, that's like scary commitment. Yeah. <laughs> now let me ask you guys, what age range do you have your Tinder settings? Uh, twenty five to forty. Okay. I have it a legal drinking age and above. <laughs> Because, see, I did uh, 30 to 42. Um, but even then, like, sometimes somebody that's 30 will pop up and I'll be like, oh, he looks too young for me. No. Nope. Or somebody that's 40 will pop up and I'll be like, oh, he looks too old for me. No. Nope. There's some There's some people, uh, like a woman will be like, yeah, I'm 28. And I'm like, you're not 28. <laughs> not, not, not trying to judge you here, but. You've seen some shit. Just don't lie. Just don't lie. <laughs> she just lived a really hard life. <laughs> they do. Girls do this thing where it's like a slideshow, but it's really like a timeline. So their first picture is like right, you know, when they're in college, and then you swipe again. And it's like a couple years later, and by the end, they're like holding their grandchildren. They're like, wait a minute, which one is you? <laughs> like, or they'll you, they'll be posing with their hot friend, and like it's in every picture, so you don't know like who is who is the person. Oh, guys, guys do that too. Guys do that too because I saw this one picture. His his primary profile picture. It looked like the cast of Entourage. Okay. <laughs> And as I'm scrolling through, I realize he's the turtle. So, ah, <laughs> uh, that's a disappointment. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, so that's Tinder. So, so are you so going to keep it? Or are you going to like delete it and just move I, on to something else? I think I'm going to delete. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. There. I think I'm just going to delete it. You should try Bumble. Bumble is okay. basically Tinder, but uh, the rule is that the the woman has to. Uh, initiate contact first. See, well, and I don't have a problem initiating the contact as long as our matches are something I'm interested. If there's a reason I swiped right, I'll message the person first on Tinder. And like I said, I'm not having any, like, I'm not getting, like, awful messages from anybody. You know, there's nothing... No dick pics? Yeah, no dick pics. I'm, you know, maybe a little That's bit surprising. disappointed. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would think that it would be at least be entertaining to get, like, a bunch of horrible messages and dick pics that you can, like, troll mm -hmm. them or something. But Yeah, yeah. If you're not even getting that and you're not getting any dates out of it, then right. what's the point? I'm getting some funny screenshots of douchebags, too, though. There was this one guy who had this awesome rant. He had a shirtless picture as his profile. <laughs> and... He went on this major rant. Let me find it real quick because it's pretty good. Edit out my search. Sorry. All right. It's Chad. He's 34 and he has a pic of himself shirtless in a towel on his profile. <laughs> Chad. And here's what, his, here's what his description says. You probably think I'm a douchebag for posting a shirtless yes. selfie. Yep. I probably don't care. 
All of you bottomless, mimosa-loving, Starbucks-sipping, Panera-bread-eating, brunch-munching, cell phone-charging, ug-wearing, twist-top, wine-bottle-drinking, squad-goal-having, eyebrow-drawing, basic white bitches, just swipe left. If you have exactly zero kids and go to a gym, swipe right. Who the hell wow. is he trying to attract? Because I don't he just know. like eliminated all the type of girls that would probably go for an asshole. That, exactly. That, that, that's a mass shooting waiting to happen right there. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a guy who's complaining. Oh, I'm a nice guy, but oh, yeah. you know all you mimosa sipping bitches don't like me or whatever. Like who doesn't like a bottomless mimosa? I'm sorry, right? but and I'll admit it. I'm like the most basic white bitch out there, you know. I'm Starbucks <laughs> loving, bottomless mimosa loving. I'll drink a twist cap bottle of wine. I don't give a fuck. But <laughs> you're not basic. I But, <laughs> but I know way too many basic bitches. <laughs> but if he's going to put that out there, I mean, I do love pumpkin spice too. So <laughs> But it, like it's for okay. him to say you think I'm a douchebag for being shirtless, that's fine. I think you're basically the female equivalent of a douchebag if you like all these things. I don't have a problem with that. But then if you have exactly zero kids and go to the gym, swipe right. Like that's what I have a problem with. Yeah, like the first portion was like almost humorous, but then right. it's like. <laughs> Uh, and it, I mean, look at his shirtless pick too. It's like he thought that was a good idea to put that on. Is, is that his first pick? Yeah, that was his first pick. Yeah, I don't, I don't have him in my left. matches because I did hit that X. Um, so that's, I don't remember what a, the rest of him looked like. But anybody who's showing way too much again on their first pick, it's like, all right, this is pro. Is if he, if he was a girl, he would be a, a porn star mm. or like that, a if you read your profile with a rant like that. I mean, he's got to have some skeletons in his closet, like. He's probably been burned by some relationship, and he's bitter about it. And mm -hmm. At least he's putting it all out there. And that's one thing that I'm respecting about Tinder. There are a lot of people on there who are in open relationships, and it's right there. You know, you don't have anybody being sneaky like, oh, I'm, I'm married, but, you know, it's like, no, I, I'm married, and I want something on the side. You know, nobody's leading True. you on. They're just putting yeah. it out there. So I'm not interested in that, but... I'm glad that what I did see was honest and upfront about it. The, actually, the first person I matched with uh, last time we recorded was somebody who said, you know, we, was messaging me and he said, so yeah, I'm married, just looking for something on the side. I'm like, well, good, good to know. I'm, I'm out, but, the only, you know, the thanks only for thing being I honest. On my and that was it. profile is, uh, I just want somebody to watch Bill and Ted movies with me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's awesome. Like, the, that's yeah. the kind of thing that's getting no. me to swipe right. Like, somebody saying, uh, you know, some guy who uh, said, um, whatever you want to know, the answer is 42. And I was like, yes, yeah, swipe right on yeah. that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, so, we like just totally. I wanted to have a much shorter Tinder discussion. <laughs> <laughs> that got way too involved. Sorry about that. <laughs> no, that's all right. That's all right. Peter, you wanted to tell us about um, the the thing you did last week. Oh yeah, the thing. I <laughs> I saw Guns and Roses. Woo! Uh, and that's basically one of your bucket list bands, right? It's something I never thought would have happened i never thought axel and slash would you know make up and 
Oh play shit! Really? Again. It's them together? Yeah. It's the real oh, wow, Guns okay. N' Roses. And no they've, way. they've got Duff back with them. Which um, who even cares? As long as it's Axel and Slash. Well, you know? I think I think Duff is also part of the the original. Okay, core. okay, I'll give you that. Yes. <laughs> so I mean, we're all expecting. We're all like, okay, this will be good, but not great because they're all older now, and you know, Axel kind of sounds like crap. And <laughs> So we'll, we'll we'll go check it out, you know, have, have a good Friday night. But it turned out to be one of the best concerts I've seen because I don't know what voodoo Axel has been dabbling in, but like he <laughs> sounded great. Like, like if you've seen videos from like the past ten years, he kind of sounds like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> like that, the raspiness in his voice was gone, but somehow he got it back, and he sounded like old Axel again. And he wasn't nice. fat. Like, he was... Uh-oh. He you was... know what happened? He went back to Coke. <laughs> no, it, it looked like he'd been working out because, like, he was still oh, kind of okay. puffy, but it, was, but it was more, like, muscle than fat. Oh, that's good. Good for him. <laughs> and they played, you know, all the hits, and they played some of the album cuts from, like, Use Your Illusion and Appetite for Destruction that Axel's Guns N' Roses haven't played, you know, haven't even tried. And Slash, Jesus Christ, like, that dude, that guy can fucking play. And they even played a a couple of Chinese democracy songs, and they let Slash kind of tinker with them a little bit, so, like, they don't suck as much as they used to. (laughs) (laughs) They're actually more listenable. So it was like, uh, like, you know, they would start playing a Chinese democracy song, and everybody's like, oh, fucking A. What the hell is that song? Is what I would probably say. Yeah, I would like, I've it. never heard this before. But then, like, Slash would start, like, you know, adding in little bits and pieces, and he would completely change the guitar solo, and we were like, oh, well, that actually sounds like a Guns N' Roses song now. Like, turns out you needed yeah. Slash this entire time. Who <laughs> knew? And they played for two and a half hours, and it was a really fun wow. time, and they seemed to be all in good spirits. It didn't seem like, you know, they were just in it for the money. Even if they are, and they what, totally are. What I <laughs> what I thought money. what I thought was nice was that on the screens throughout the show they had a hashtag We Are Orlando and oh that's good that's good and the GNR logo was uh, rainbow colored so it was like that was a nice gesture like you know especially since they could have just came to town did their thing and moved on and collected their paycheck but it was like. It was a nice acknowledgement to, like, mm-hmm. what our city has been through. Right. It's, and it's something, like, unique that you guys are going to get that th- you know, nobody, no other city is going to see. So Yeah, it's not like, cool. you know, We Are Baton Rouge is going to pop up on <laughs> the tour or something. <laughs> <sighs> All right. Well, we got to take a quick break. So we're going to play... Um, we're going to play a new song that actually, like, usually I don't intro a song. I just throw it on the show right, you know, whenever I put it together. But um, Peter's friend Scott allowed us to use this new song from the band's called New Duo, and the song's called Let Me Go. And it's fantastic. I'm, I'm in love with this song, and I can't wait to hear the rest of the album. So thank you for letting us play this on the show.
And it just ends abruptly. Oh. Scott has been playing in bands as long as I've known him, and uh, the band that he's in now, Phosphorescent, has actually gotten a little bit of national attention. They've been on David Letterman, they've been on Jimmy Fallon's show, uh, they've played like Coachella and stuff, so it's, it's really fucking weird to see this guy that I went to high school with on national TV. Mm-hmm. And... Well, Phosphorescent really isn't his band, it's uh, the singer's band, but he's just playing keyboards in it, so Scott does his side projects like Virgin Forest and this new group, New Duo, and uh, since I've kept in touch with him all these years, like he's like, hey, I want to hear my new stuff, Let me, like, tell me honestly what you think. He sends you get me the preview. This, and he sends me the album, I'm like, dude, this is fucking amazing. He's like, really? Like... <laughs> No, I'm totally lying to you, asshole. <laughs> no, I love That's phosphorescent awesome. too. So, yeah, awesome. Did oh. you know them before um, you knew that Peter's friend was a keyboardist? No, Peter's actually the one that got me listening to them. So, oh, okay, okay, yeah, nice. Because it sounds like they're they're doing pretty well. Yeah. Letterman and Fallon and 
That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I was. I, it was surreal seeing my friend Scott from high school shaking hands with David Letterman. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. And Letterman was like totally into it. He's like, "Yeah, that's what I'm talking about." <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah. All right. Uh, where are we at now? Oh, I know what we were going to talk about next. Uh, the Killing Joke. Yeah, The Killing Joke. Oh, that fucking movie. God damn it. So, I get. Who I wants to I, lead on that? I'll, I'll lead on it. I'll lead on it. Since since I have uh, the real-life experience of cosplaying as the Oracle, I will mm-hmm. lead this discussion on The Killing Joke, because uh, I feel I've lived the life of Barbara Gordon. <laughs> Due to my foot injury. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. So I, do we need to give a backstory on what the killing joke is? Maybe. Yeah. Just. Brief. Yeah. Okay. So briefly, the killing joke is the iconic Batman story, um, which begins um, with the Joker uh, shooting Barbara Gordon, paralyzing her and. Um, violating her posting pictures of her all for the sake of trying to drive um commissioner gordon insane um and trying to prove that you can that everybody has a breaking point that one day could Mm -hmm. be anybody's breaking point and drive them insane and it's an iconic story about the joker and about his origins um this comic was written kind of as a one-off but then became canon um, and it led to Barbara Gordon, instead of being Batgirl, uh, then becoming the Oracle um, because she was paralyzed after this story. Right. Um, and the Oracle, so, she basically just sits like in the Batcave or in her her secret room or whatever. Right. And she feeds him information Batman. and stuff. Right. Yeah. She like, feeds Batman constant information. She's, quote unquote, running intel for Batman. She's looking at. You know, closed circuit TV cameras, um, Googling any information she could find, you know, mm-hmm. telling him you've got this coming in on your right. You've got that coming in on your left, you know, helping, you know, being Batman's eyes in the sky, so to speak. Um, and she does it all, you know, confined to her wheelchair, but she's still making a huge difference and playing a, a major impact on Batman's abilities. So uh i heard as soon as the killing joke was released it was um they did an animated short of it well no it was a full-length movie i guess yeah 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 they did an animated movie um they released it like for a a one-time kind of fathom event thing and a few theaters around the country uh i got to watch it online and i had already heard about it i heard oh there's a love scene between batman and batgirl and it's terrible and it ruins the whole thing and i was like how could it really ruin the whole thing you know i'll give it a chance i'll watch it my kid Mm -hmm. wanted to see it you know we watched the show there's no cartoon nudity so it doesn't go that far Right, it is um, rated R though, right? Because, I guess because uh, of the violence. It's it's rated R, it but rated I don't R? really know why. Yeah, it doesn't really need to be rated R. All the violence is like implied. Um, even the supposed you know violation and possible rape of Barbara Gordon isn't mm-hmm. shown. It's all implied. Um, so and in that way, it stayed true to the book as well. The comic didn't show mm-hmm. anything. It's it, everything is implied. You know what's happened, but it's not like overt and in your face and too graphic um so everybody was upset over the supposed sex scene but what it actually is because i watched it and i'm like i'm gonna give it a chance and 
I even like Christian said like because I told him what people were saying online, and he's like, we should just fast forward through the beginning because it says it picks up right where the book starts yeah. about thirty minutes in, and he's like, we should fast forward. I'm like, let's give it a chance. Let's see what it's like. I was so I was so upset because what it does is it makes Barbara Gordon's character um, infatuated with Batman. Her whole reason for being Batgirl is trying to um, engage Batman in a relationship. Impress Batman and try to fuck him. Yes, yes. She's trying to, not necessarily trying to fuck him, but she's trying to impress him. She's trying to please him. She's trying to... She's she's referring to him as her boyfriend to, like, her co-worker... Uh, well, I she had to come up that she can't say she can't Batman. say I'm Batgirl. She can't say I'm Batgirl and he's Batman. So she just has to say he's kind of my mentor. I want to be with him. We kind of have this relationship. You know, she's basically saying we're emotionally involved and I want to make it more. But what happens is after they have sex, she makes a mistake. Um, a bad guy, you know, leads to a bad guy getting away. And then she quits being Batgirl. Because she feels like she wasn't a good enough partner for Batman, but not as a crime fighter right? in a relationship. That's what bothers me. So they gave this backstory, I guess, trying to make you have more of an emotional attachment for when she gets attacked by the Joker. But all it does is make her fucking weak. I think what they were actually trying to do was to um, to balance out the, the whole message of the story, which is like that anybody can have one bad day and snap, and then you can go as crazy as the Joker. Oh. And I felt like they were trying to do that for Batgirl and show that she like held, had restraint and held back and didn't you know kill that guy. Um, but I don't feel like that story had enough weight to it to, to actually have it make sense with the second half. Well, also what it makes it seem like is when the Joker comes into the story and he does this thing with Barbara Gordon, it almost seems like punishing her for having sex. Um, yeah. It's... And, because and the, she and wouldn't have been there. Batman comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, they're arguing right. about something and then all of a sudden she starts making out with him and then climbs on top. And Batman, yeah, it's like, a little bit... Uh, it's like a passive-aggressive... Um, abusive relationship like she starts hitting him and he's not you know he's not hitting her back he but was she being a dick she starts hitting him and then she starts making out with him that's hot <laughs> it was but it's hot. not hot like it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hot if a man starts hitting me and then decides to make out with me like why is it hot for a woman to do that well, and before like i always interpreted their relationship as kind of like a a pseudo father daughter relationship like yeah, or at least like to... older brother. Yeah, that that's even hotter. <laughs> <laughs> well, in I've never I, read the Batman this, comics. Like, why is Batman fucking Batgirl? This is like somebody's really bad fan fiction. Like, I think at worst, like that was just unnecessary to me. Like the part where they had sex was totally not even necessary to, to that half of the story. So, do you think if they had done the story and she had disappointed him by not catching the bad guy? And then quit being Batgirl. Do you think that would have been okay? Um, yes and no. Because I feel like the the major problem that I had with that is that Batman was just being a controlling asshole to her. Like he was kind of like, you know, you're going to do what I say when I say it. Otherwise, you don't get to be Batgirl anymore. But that's and she, that's what Batman does. Like, 
<laughs> I'm not excusing it, saying it's okay. I'm just saying, like, you know, But it's true to his character, at least? Yeah, he's okay. he, he wants to be a lone wolf, but if somebody's going to want to try to team up with them, it's got to be on his terms. It just, but I kinda, it just pissed me off so much. They had sex, then she quit being Batgirl. Because like, she's I an emotional she... girl and she can't handle shit. Well, that like, that's what it actually... said to me. Like, I was so mad. Like, well, that... He had, like, feelings for her, but he was using that as a way to control her. Well, it also you made know? it seem like Batman went after the Joker, not because they're fucking mortal enemies, but because he was trying to get revenge for Barbara because, you know, they fucked and uh, he felt bad that, you know, she got hurt and shit. Whereas in the comic, it was like, yeah, she got hurt, but that wasn't his only motivation for going after the Joker. It was like, all right, there's got to be an end to this. It's right. either I kill you or you kill me. Like, what's going to fucking happen? And the whole Batgirl prologue kind of undermines that. Yeah. Mm. I don't know. I You know, I think I'd heard so many people say that it was horrible and that, you know, the, the sex scene... The- in quotes ruined the the whole movie or whatever but i actually thought it was pretty good okay. except for a few problems with the first half of it um the second half was fantastic it did was you like, have it was you shot for shot like the book oh, so you have read the graphic novel because yeah. that was going to be my yeah. question okay no uh, and i agree it was the second half was shot for shot the only difference in the second half the uh, they added a bit showing barbara gordon becoming the oracle and yeah. that was good that was yeah. needed and it because like you said it showed you can have restraint and have, you know, turn something bad into something good. And that showed that. Mm-hmm. But I felt the first half was unnecessary. I can now, after talking to you, I do agree. They could have done something. Maybe if they had just chopped out that sex bit, it could have and made her like say, maybe I need to reevaluate why I'm being Batgirl rather than just making it seem like she was quitting because they had sex and it didn't work out, then I might have liked it better. But yeah. that part made me really angry. Uh, one good thing I'll say about it is Mark Hamill as the Joker is the best Joker. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when I read, when I actually, I read the book yesterday just before, um, just before watching the movie. And whenever I read the Joker now, I hear it in my right. head as Mark Hamill's voice. Yeah. Like, there's no other way to hear the Joker at this point. <laughs> like, some people say Heath Ledger. Some people say Jack Nicholson. Some people say Cesar Romero. For me, Mark Hamill is my Joker. You know, I like other ones on screen, but, like, if I'm just sitting there reading the book, like I said, that's well, and all it's I can do is fill in the voice. The animation, you're just so used to, anytime you see the moving animation and hear the vocals to it, it's probably 95% of the time has been Mark Hamill. Yeah. Whether it's a right. video game or a cartoon or whatever it is. So it's just well, easy also, to... Remember when we were kids and we found out that Luke Skywalker was the voice of the Joker and we were No, like, I never what? knew that till I was what an adult. What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I never knew till I was an adult, so that didn't affect me. <laughs> it blew my mind, and like I didn't believe it until like I saw some interview with him, and then he went into the Joker voice, and I was like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> that's not possible! It's not true! <laughs> <laughs> so, I know Jenny said this line like five minutes ago, but 
Speaking of hearing so much negativity and then giving something a chance and finding out, hey, it's really not that bad. I what saw. S- <laughs> no. <laughs> I hold true on the horrors of that. I'm no more. <laughs> anyway. Liar. <laughs> anyway, I saw Suicide Squad last night. Oh. Um, and I'm ready Is for it- a controversial discussion. If you Has anyone are. else even seen it? Anybody seen no, it? Yeah. No, I haven't seen it. Okay, I've, I, there were there are some negatives. Okay, um, but I, I say uh, three out of five stars. Not too right. bad. Really, not that. Really, not that bad of a movie. There were, and I'll I'll say a couple of things. Um, number one, when you're looking at any movie in the DC universe. I think the problem is we're comparing it to the Marvel Universe because the Marvel Cinematic Universe has done such a great job in the past decade that it's really hard to live up to it and DC's like running to catch up. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the problem. I think if they didn't try to catch up, it would be better. Um, But I also think if the fans didn't... like, You can't compare this movie to Civil War. Yeah, you know, and I these, think that they're, they're trying too hard to set themselves apart from right. Marvel. Like they're trying so hard to make right. it like dark and edgy and just. Really I wouldn't well, compare it to Civil War. I would, to me, it looks like Guardians of the Galaxy on Fago. Well, I mean, whatever, whatever you're comparing it to, you just can't. Like that's the that's the thing. So if you're going to see it, don't expect to see Guardians of the Galaxy. Don't expect to be see the Avengers because that's not what you're going to see. Um. The my issue, my main problem with it, as far as the storytelling of it goes, is everybody's backstory is condensed, like in the first ten minutes of the movie, and it's all told uh, during a debriefing scene at a um, you know military task force dinner. Like it's, it's kind not of even. On, sort of. It's like supposed to be top secret, but it's a dinner at a restaurant, and it's. You know, <laughs> You know, um, and it's just you know, this, the, the person who's trying to get the task force approved, you know, going to the higher up saying, like, this is what I want to do and this is what we're going to do. And there's this guy who could do this and this chick who could do this. And and that's that's mm-hmm. how it's it kind of like force forcefully. Introduces yes. You to all yes. The characters. It's too like thrown on. Exactly. But yeah. once that's over and some people may like that, like, OK, my 13 year old kid loved it because he wants to see the action. So mm-hmm. if you're there for a good action movie, it's a good action movie. The special effects are decent. Um, the acting is really not that bad. It's not at all that bad. Will Smith is great. Uh, Margot Robbie's great, too. And I didn't want to like her. Speaking um, of Jokers, how's, how's Jared Leto? Well, I didn't. <laughs> here's what I'll say about J- the Joker. I didn't love him, okay? But he's not a huge part of it. Okay. And... The whole point of the Joker and Harley of the Joker, he's there because of Harley Quinn. He's really just her backstory. Mm-hmm. Well, why Which did, is why kind did of Jared a, Leto do all this method shit where he's sending used because he's to his fucking Jared Leto. That's if he's why. in the movie for like ten minutes. <laughs> That's like, he's wait. fucking Jared Leto. But I w- I gotta say this though. So his whole purpose of being there is to support Harley Quinn's story, and. The two of them, and kind of, and like even her, you see in her backstory, they don't really tell you about her before she met the Joker. It's all 
Harley Quinn post-Joker, not who she actually was as a person before she became this psycho supervillain. Mm-hmm. And it actually does a really good job of showing a twisted codependent relationship. That's what I got out of it. Because they're, they kind of only coexist with one another there. And it makes sense. And it works. I mean, are people going to get that, though, when they go to watch this movie? Like, because it, it you would. honestly looks like trash. Peter would. <laughs> I, I, I think the casting of Jared Leto works on some kind of meta level because... I really want to see Batman beat the ever-living shit out of Jared Leto. <laughs> like, so There's a good benefit, yeah. Did, did I say yet that Will Smith was my favorite part? I don't know. No, Will Smith was awesome. Yeah, Will Smith was the best part. Uh, Deadshot was good. His character was great. He was given the most attention and the most backstory. And I think... Will for, Smith. Well, but for good reason. I mean, it, it, he did a great job. Viola Davis is kick-ass. I heard she's great, too. She's I love her in everything. I mean, she could shit on a canvas, and I would, like, eat it up. <laughs> I just love oh, her. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, Joel Kinnaman, he's the guy who plays Rick Flagg. He's the soldier guy. He was really good, too. I, uh, he's been in a lot of things, too, that I like. Um, and the chick who played the Enchantress, I liked her. Um, and the music... The sound if soundtracks were a thing anymore, great soundtrack. But yeah, so well, I think soundtracks definitely are a thing because that's all I heard about uh, Guardians of. Uh, that's the true. Yes. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe they're trying to get in on that. I think the soundtrack is equal to Guardians of the Galaxy. You guys might hate okay. me for that, but. <laughs> Last I saw, somebody said that it was basically just they took the Wayne's World soundtrack and used that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, because they added, like, some 90s dance hits, too. Okay. <laughs> they, they, they don't all go to an Alice Cooper concert? And... <laughs> no. That would be awesome, though. So is it worth going to Millie see, Wauke. like, any time, or should I just, like, wait for the um, cheap tickets or it something? De- it, depends on, it depends on what you want to see. You know, if you want to see a good action movie, it's a good action movie. If you're not into an action movie and you want like a better told emotional something you're really going to connect with, wait. Like, I'm going to wait for the DVD because I've just been so burned by these recent DC movies where I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Uh, well, like Jenny, you have the option of going to Cinema Cafe, which is like a half price ticket. I they think- don't do that anymore. Oh, really? It's all first run now. Yeah. Oh, that sucks. Yeah, Damn but it. some of the Regal cinemas do like five dollars on oh, Tuesdays. Okay. So, yeah, it's like- it's worth a five dollar show if there's nothing better to do. Yeah, but uh, uh, I got but, shit to do. That, that should be the line in front of the poster. <laughs> Suicide <laughs> Squad. Well, if you had a, if you don't have anything better to do, uh. I. I enjoyed being able to see it and then going out to dinner with my son and his buddy afterward and asking them questions about the DC universe because mm-hmm. I really don't know anything about the DC universe. I didn't even see Batman vs. Superman. Duh. So that was a piece <laughs> of shit. I'm sorry. I'm totally going to watch it online after this just because everybody naysayed uh, Suicide Squad oh, so I, much. I and I thought ask, it was decent. Uh, how is the movie version of The Flash? Because I heard that he's in it. For like two seconds, like blink and you miss him. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> no, but literally, yeah. He's not really in it. He's in I, his mask. I don't know who he is. I love the TV version of The Flash, and mm-hmm. this whole time I've been like, why are you not using him? Fuck you guys. Yeah. Like, he's happy. awesome. I, w- I wouldn't know if it was him or not. I haven't watched. I've seen a few episodes of the TV Flash. 
Um, and he's just in there to catch one criminal and he's in his uniform and that's, he says like one line. So I don't know. I gotta get out of here quick. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty much. Yeah. (laughs) So are they going to expand on this movie now and have spinoffs for all these? I think so. They, they set it up for, for, um, you know, there was an end credit scene, you know, Samuel Uh L. Jackson wasn't in it, but. I think it's funny how they're doing it kind of backwards from uh, Marvel also. Like, Marvel did all of the individual movies, and then they built up to the Civil War, where DC's kind of like, okay, we did one Superman movie, and now we're going to just jump into Justice League, and then Suicide Squad, and then we'll do the individual movies. I took that Hmm. as kind of a Hail Mary pass, because Man of Steel, it made money, but it it didn't do, like, Marvel numbers. So I think they were like, fuck it, throw Batman in there, we'll throw Wonder Woman in there, like, people don't want just a Superman movie on its own, I guess. Well, and one of the things well, about... we just want a good one. One of the things about throwing <laughs> stuff in there, and like I said, how the backstories are so quick, like, there are characters in there whose names I don't know. There, are, It's like, wait, who is that guy again? What does he do? Because it just happens so quick. Um... And, uh, like, like I said, I can't decide if I like this Harley Quinn or not. Um, she did have, I mean, I think the actress was good and maybe it's just because the marketing was all about like, Hey, let's show off the sluts ass, you know? Yeah, it was, it was, but then, you know, when you actually watch the movie, sure. She's there as eye candy, but they gave her aside from Will Smith, Will Smith. She's the second major focus of the movie. Um, her character is and i mean the actress is good so it's like i can't decide if i'm okay with it or not i don't know maybe i'm just so mad from the fucking patriarchy that destroyed the killing joke I'm, <laughs> i can't be okay with the i actually a yelled sex fucking symbol. patriarchy like three times at the killing <laughs> joke <laughs> i i sent a text to my friend while watching that movie and i said what in the ever-living fuck was that first 30 minutes? <laughs> and he was like, I know, right? I was like, yeah, what was... Like, that... Uh, fuck that. So, anyways... Did, did I just I talk for way too long about, you know, Suicide Squad? Yeah, you totally just <laughs> fucking railroaded the a, show. A movie that we're all waiting for the DVD for. Yeah. <laughs> did you guys hear about the uh, the Star Wars TV show that they're considering? I heard that they're talking about it. I heard that briefly, but I don't know anything else about it. I just know I cringed when I read that. I was like, "Yeah, this... me too." I I hope it doesn't happen. The cartoons have been good, so I'm willing to give a a live action show a shot. I don't know. Part part of the thing with the Star Wars appeal is that you know it was it was kind of rare. Like when it happened, it was special. Mm-hmm. I feel like ever since Disney bought it, we're gonna have so much Star Wars, we're gonna get sick of it. Yeah. Hmm. I've been enjoying the Rebels cartoon. I think it's, I think it's cool. And I think it kind of makes up for the last like thirty years of not having anything, like yeah. all thirty years of not having any Star Wars whatsoever. I mean, if, if you just want like a quick twenty-minute dose of Star Wars shit, it's a good thing to watch. Like, all right. And I mean, I'll probably watch it, but you know, I'm I'm really skeptical. Like, they could make it. Rogue One looks good, though. It does. It does, yeah. It looks really good. 
Yeah. All right. Maybe we should wrap this up. We've been talking for like forever. Forever and ever. <laughs> but, ever, uh, ever. Ever, ever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Sam, thanks for being on the show. And oh, my pleasure. Thank you, guys. Thank you're welcome you to very come much. back next week if you'd like. <laughs> if you'll have me. Of course. <laughs> it's going to be a All long right. week until the next show. Yeah. I'll probably be wearing the exact same thing, though, just to Me too. Guys. Me too. I mean, but that's normal anyway, so. Okay. Anyway, so uh, follow us on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram at Mouthy Broadcast. Check out our blogs, MouthyBroadcast.com, where you can read our fantastic sandwich review of the Wawa Hoagie Fest extravaganza and um give us a call at 757-541-CUNT i only do this like every week how did i forget the number (laughs) (laughs) so uh, see you next tuesday motherfuckers bye sing along with the the outro music. (laughs) 